For the first time in a couple of weeks, the Florida Gators have a game this Saturday. They take on Oregon State Beavers in the Las Vegas Bowl, and we got locked on crossover action. Spencer McLaughlin, locked on Pac-12, is going to be here. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We have for the last time this year, Locked On Crossover action joining me is spencer mclaughlin from locked on ducks and locked on pack 12 and we're talking about the las vegas bowl between florida and oregon state and this is gonna suck Uh, i'll say that at least on my side i know it's gonna suck spencer for you going into this game what do you think the biggest story is at least from the oregon state side well, it's that they have an opportunity to do something they have done just twice in, in their program's history, and that's pick up a 10th win in a college football season. This is a program that has not been to a conference championship game since the Pac-12 began, and they actually started having a conference championship game. This is a program that hasn't won 10 games in the last decade. Not just this decade that's just begun, but the previous one. They didn't have a 10-win season. The only other one came, only other ones, I should say, came in 2009 and 2001. And uh, coincidentally enough, their head coach, Jonathan Smith, was their quarterback in 2001. So he seems to just have that that winning formula for the Beavs in, in Corvallis. And, you know, one thing I, I feel confident about in this game is Oregon State's motivation level is way higher than Florida's. Way, way higher. Because... This is an Oregon State team that has been part of a slow build. It it has been a it has been a slow build because that's the sort of program Oregon State is. You can't go in and pull a USC or a Washington where you go from a four to a double digit win team in just one year. It's just not very feasible unless you are an even greater coach than Lincoln Riley somehow. And I'm I'm surprised, frankly, that DeBoer and uh and Riley were able to get things going so quickly in in just one year. So when you look at what Oregon State has been building, this is year five for Jonathan Smith. And all they've done is just get better and better and better and better. And it feels like because he's an Oregon State guy, he's not destined to leave. He wants to stay there are, are all the indicators. Oregon State has been making an investment in him, in the coaching staff, new facilities. They'll have their their stadium renovation completed next year. So they are really starting to get things going in a positive direction to where they're trying to be something that they've really never been. And that's a consistent winning football program in the pack insert number because it's been eight, 10 and 12 and will potentially change again in a couple of years. So that that's, what's on the line for them is the opportunity to put forward that 10 number in the win column doesn't matter who they're playing. They, I, I get, I know Oregon state fans don't care. I don't think the players care. I don't think alumni care. That means something to this team and to this program as they try to get themselves into a competitive environment going forward beyond just this season. But it certainly has a lot to do with what happens in this game. Yeah. And I mean, kudos to Oregon State's even higher ups because I feel like you know it's like oh like it's been a long build this is year five and it's finally paying off where 
I get it. Expectations probably weren't super high at Oregon State when he got hired, but I feel like a lot of schools don't want to sit through something where it's going to go, hey, it's going to take four or five years and then we're going to be really good. I I think a lot of schools don't want to do that because, you know, it, it's 2022 now, at least for the next couple of weeks where there's just instant gratification needs to be a thing. And so for Oregon State to stick through it is fantastic. And then on Florida side of things, I think everybody listening knows what the big storyline is for Florida, but no Anthony Richardson and perhaps even more importantly, Jack Miller's first snaps as a Florida Gator will come this Saturday, which terrifies me. But I'm also looking at this as it's going to suck. I'm not even going to pretend that it's going to suck. But this is kind of his tryout. He was brought in to compete for the starting job going into this year. It was Anthony Richardson, Jack Miller III, and Emory Jones. And Emory Jones, of course, you know him. You cover him, Arizona State. Um, Indeed. Covered him. He's transferring again. So so he's leaving Arizona State again, maybe leaving the Pac-12. Um, but then Jack Miller lost the spring battle. He injured his thumb during fall camp, needed surgery, wasn't healthy, even when a backup did come in for the Florida Gators. And then now he's an Arizona kid. He's getting his first start in Nevada, just five hours, less than five hours away from his hometown. And it's Jack Miller, the third time to kind of show this coaching staff if he can be the guy because when he came to Gainesville the big thing was oh my god he's a great fit for this offense and then throughout spring ball he looked bad spring game he looked bad and prior to his injury he looked bad so this is the time where it's like well was this just a miss did it take him a while to get into it and even if he could be good which rhymed um we we don't know what's going to happen because even if he could be good, he doesn't have a full strength Florida Gators team. And even if he did, he's playing against a very good Oregon State defense, which as I'm talking about this, I'm just getting more and more pessimistic about <laughs> how this game is going to go. Yeah. As I'm like, yeah, all these things are stacking up. I'm just fully prepared to be hurt which really sucks i had no i didn't have high expectations going into it so i think for florida it's like well anthony richardson nfl draft good on you you're going to be a millionaire i mean you're already reportedly a millionaire based on your nil deals but you're going to be a multi-millionaire in five months so congratulations florida is going to get walloped i think but we're about to take a look at some key matchups but first a quick word from nhtsa You guys know I like to be a bit of an open book here, so this one touches home with me. I lost a teammate of mine in April 2021. When you're hanging out with friends and putting back a few drinks and a few becomes too many and as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. You're like, I live nearby. I'm a good drunk driver, which doesn't exist, by the way, that you can make it home. It's no big deal. Everyone knows the risks of drunk driving. And like I said, I had a teammate in April 2021 that passed away. He was 24 when it happened. It really sucked. Um, But the results are often tragic and often deadly. But that doesn't stop people from getting behind the wheel, especially during this holiday season. They drive under the influence. And that's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads 
to save lives. Drive sober or get pulled over. Thanks again for listening to Locked On Gators and Locked On Crossover with Spencer McLaughlin of Locked On Ducks and Locked On Pac-12. And we're talking about some key matchups here for the Las Vegas Bowl. And I think for me, which we could talk about replacement players versus Oregon State, of course, no Osiris Torrance for Florida, no Ventro Miller for Florida, no Anthony Richardson for Florida, no Justin Shorter for Florida. There's a lot of guys not playing in this game. But I think more important is this Oregon State defense. We know the secondary is awesome for the Beavers, but Florida is going to run the ball. Like, yeah, Jack Miller starting and he's going to have a big impact on the game. But when you have Montreal Johnson and when you have Trevor Etienne, you're going to run the ball, especially with a backup quarterback. So for me, I need to see this Oregon State defense and Florida Gators running back room and even the offensive line to see what they're going to do without their First ever Florida Gator guard that is a consensus All-American in Osiris Torrance, not there. Like you're looking at a completely different team, even though there's like five players not playing. It just happens to be five really good players on this team and five of your best players. So for me, I think the biggest matchup is the Oregon State defense versus Florida Gators run game because... Florida needs to have a big game from their running backs. Montreal, Trevor Etienne, you should both have 20 carries. And also, you've got your your third and fourth running backs in the transfer portal right now. So that's another one where, Florida, you're missing quite a few people that you would have been relying on for this game. Yeah, and I, I think you hit it right. I hit, You hit the nail right on the head saying that it's the running game against the Oregon State defense because – if you are in obvious passing situations, this Oregon State secondary is going to eat you alive. They, they have been so darn good. And it was a, a windy day for sure. But Washington has the best pass offense in the country. And at home, they put up just 24 points on this Oregon State team, largely because of how this secondary is capable of playing. And And yes, it was very windy and it made it a little bit tougher at times. However, Washington schematically this year has been so, so good. And Ryan Grubb has been scheming guys wide open. And aside from one coverage bust, there were not a lot of wide open guys when Washington's receiving core, which is really deep and really talented, went against this Oregon State secondary. Now, Oregon found a lot of success throwing the ball in the game formerly known as the Civil War, which I don't care to relive too much on a personal level, but... Bo Nix was throwing the ball very well. And the key to Bo Nix being able to kind of slice and dice that secondary like nobody had all season long was he had time. And the weakness for this Oregon State defense is that front four who played very well against the run, specifically in key spots. They had a goal line stand to ultimately win the game against the Ducks who had first and goal at the five yard line, were not able to punch it in. And their offensive line has been really, really good all season long, specifically running the football um, though, arguably even better in, in pass protection. So they've had their moments. They've had flashes against the run this year. And I think overall they've been solid, but you'd certainly look at their defense and say, it's the secondary where you've got the most playmakers. It's the secondary where you have the most talent and, you know, the secondary and the pass rushers play off of one another in, in, in football, right? If you get pressure, it's easier on your secondary. They can be a little more aggressive. You can play more man coverage because they don't have to cover for quite as long. This Oregon state team 
plays a pretty good mix of, of man and zone, but they play their assignments very, very well. They're very well coached defense. They've got some experienced players back there. Rajon Wright is in his second year with the program. Jaden Grant is very good. Alex Austin. I feel like Austin might be battling an injury. Don't quote me on, on that. I forgot to double check before we came on to record, but regardless, They've got some serious players on on that and who can do a lot of different things and who are good in the running game as well, who are willing to come up and make a play. And I think that'll be, you know, key for them to stop the big explosive runs for athletes like Trevor Etienne, who is, you know, just got that dynamic speed that if you get out on the edge, he's really lethal. But that Oregon State secondary, they take a lot of pride. I think that's the biggest thing that you can say about this Oregon state defense specifically on the back end, they're a prideful unit and they understand that they've been driving the bus this year for Oregon state winning football games. I mean, they've been without their quarterback who started the year chance Nolan since week five or so week five, four or five. And ever since then it's been Ben Goldbranson and it's been about the running game and it's been about the defense. It has not been about the passing game, which has just had to do enough in spots to to get them to win football games. So I, I think that's you know what what this situation looks like for Oregon State. They have got to be able to play to their strengths, but it's really, really hard to get them off of that. And if you're Florida looking at, you know, how are they going to score a lot of points on a really tough defense with a backup quarterback? If you can't run the football and his first action at the power five level is against this Oregon state defense and this secondary and this team that is so hungry. That's a recipe for disaster for the Gators. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm super looking forward to this game. I'm very excited. Um, <laughs> I can just, I can just say that I'm, I'm so stoked for this. I will say one matchup that I feel like we were robbed of on just like not even secondary versus wide receiver room, but literally just an individual matchup was I was really hoping to see Justin shorter versus Rayshon, right? Just because, you know, the, the great size and physicality yeah. I mean, has been awesome to see. I also don't fault Justin Shorter for not playing in a bowl game because he played in the bowl game last year and had a neck injury in there. So I don't blame him for, for not playing in it. Um, Granted, that quarterback that threw that ball and put him in that spot is no longer here. But uh, uh, no one from that quarterback room really is here anymore. But uh, yeah, that, that was a matchup that I was really hoping to see. Instead, we'll have to watch Rajon Wright bully some poor freshman, whoever's going to be starting there. And poor kid's going to have one of the worst experiences. of It's his trial by fire for, for the receiving core, any new guys that are going to play and the whoever rolls out at quarterback as well for Florida. And heck, I wouldn't be shocked if it gets to a point where Billy Napier makes a, a switch in the middle of the game and says, well, we got to try something because, you know, not really playing with uh, anything to, to lose here, anything on the line. So I won't be shocked if it, if it gets to that point. And if it does, I don't think that's a great sign for Florida, but sometimes a quarterback change mid game is, is just what you need to get things going. But you you are really getting thrown into the thick of it here against this defense specifically. Yeah. And the really fun part about let's, let's say hypothetically, Billy Napier does want to make a quarterback change at some point during the game, his options in that room right now, after Jack Miller, the third, who of course, transfer from Ohio State, didn't play, hasn't played this season. His options are Kyle Engel, a walk-on quarterback. Jack Anders, a walk-on quarterback who said he's hitting the transfer portal immediately following the bowl game. Or Max Brown, a true freshman quarterback that also hasn't played this season. So no matter which option Billy Napier wants to trot out there, 
it's going to be tough going. It's going to be a trial by fire. But now we're going to talk predictions here. Um, I think we both know where we're going here. Um, but we're going to talk predictions after a quick word from Bet Online. The Florida Gators are now 10 point underdogs against the Oregon State Beavers this Saturday. That number has gone up. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. And I've been using Bet Online for six years almost now. I couldn't be happier with it. It's got so much, not just basketball, baseball, football, soccer, World Cup. Thank you. Uh, hockey. Thank you, Ovi, for the hat trick. Appreciate you the other day. Um, but it's got everything, not even just sports. You could bet on TV shows, reality TV, award shows. You could head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. To wrap up today's Locked On crossover action, Brandon Olson, Locked On Gators, Spencer McLaughlin, Locked On Ducks, and Locked On Pac 12. And right now, um, Bet Online has this game that the spread set at Minus 10 for Oregon State, so 10-point favorites, obviously, if you're not a betting person. That's what that means. And the over-under is currently set at 53, which for some reason, that's gone up uh, in in recent days. And I'm not super sure why, because I can tell you guys now, as far as the spread, I think I'm going to take Oregon State minus 10. Uh, well, the main reason that I would even not do it is just because I'm like, hey, maybe the Florida Gators defense really shows up. You've got Javon Dexter playing his last game as a Florida Gator. He's already declared for the draft. But he's coming back to play. You've got a lot of guys just finally getting the opportunity to play. And and maybe the defensive side of the ball plays lights out for Florida. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I will <laughs> say I know I'm taking the under just in general. Uh, I don't expect Florida to score much. I don't expect Oregon State to score a ton. I think that they'll win, yeah, handedly. But the way I'm thinking about it is Florida's offense is probably going to really suck. So let's say they score 14. Do do I think Oregon State's going to hang 39-40 on Florida? No, I don't think that's going to happen. So I'll take Florida to lose and the under, and I'll take Oregon State to cover this spread here. As much as that hurts my soul, but I will do it because I don't want to look like an idiot homer. <laughs> I, I I agree with you, Brandon, on, on both the under and the, the point spread. I, I think final score will be about 28-13. Uh, Oregon State with with the win. The reason I, I take the under here is because Oregon State's quarterback situation makes them very one dimensional. And, and though they have run the football exceptionally well this year and uh, Gator fans are just going to get used to hearing the name this Saturday, Damian Martinez, you're going to see a lot of him. And he is a true freshman. He is the offensive Pac-12 freshman of the year. He's a first team all Pac-12 performer. And he is very deserving of both of those titles. He's had over 100 yards. I believe it's in six straight games now. Might be up to seven with, with that final game of, of the year. But he has been so good. And he is perfect for what the running game that Jonathan Smith and O.C. Brian Lindgren have designed. It's perfect for what they have schemed. He is a downhill one cut back who finishes runs at the end of the play. And when you're running this sort of spread set, it will look very familiar to Florida fans to the Utah game. You are going to see the exact same offensive philosophy, formations, scheme, 
play, play design. You're going to see a lot of the same stuff. The difference, though, is you are not going to see Ben Goldbranson go shotgun pass, but for maybe five times. They completed six passes against Oregon and somehow won the game, which is more a testament to how poorly Oregon's defense played. But philosophically, that is what they want to do. They want to run the ball until you stop it. And if you don't stop it, they're just going to keep running it because that's what they want to do anyway. That sets up really well for their defense. And they've got a limited quarterback. Capable, but limited. So they don't want him to throw the ball 25 to 30 times. In a perfect world, Ben Branson is Jimmy Garoppolo to the 49ers or now Brock Purdy, right? He's got to make, eh, I don't know, four or five big throws a game. And everything else is simple, check downs, execute the offense, make the right reads of the line of scrimmage, and that's all they need him to do. It's not a quarterback-centric offense. It is all about the running game. It is all about number six, and he's really, really good. I do think it lends itself towards a less explosive style of offense, and, and I think Oregon State you know, really does want to play some ball control. They scored a lot of points against Oregon. The Ducks gave him a couple of short fields with uh, some special teams just – absolute blunders and, and that helped him in, in that sense and you know it's just not an offense that is built to score 40 plus points and I think in this game even going against a Florida team that doesn't have all of its starters healthy I think they're going to be able to move the ball and score points but I I'd be pretty surprised if they got over 30 so then when you're talking about the under the question is can the Gators get to 20 points and I look at you know what I've seen from them this year even when they had Anthony Richardson and now he's not going to be available for him. And I say, nah, I'm, I'm going to trust that Oregon State defense to keep it on lockdown. So I'll, I'll go 28-13. I think Beavs get the win. I do think Florida comes out, maybe makes a splash play early. But then I think Trent Bray, uh, the defensive coordinator, I think Trent Bray will adjust and uh, you know get things kind of settled down for the Beavs on that side of the ball. And I, I do think they win by more than 10. But I, I take the under, given the offensive limitations for Florida and the quarterback situation for Oregon State. Yeah, uh, I I think I'd go somewhere in the in the twenty eight to ten realm as also. I'm just I'm just like yeah, I I don't see Florida scoring often. I could see them early getting a drive, like you said, maybe a splash play here. Yeah, like, drive on. Yeah, maybe a drive on script. You know, a trick play, yeah. something or. Uh, maybe a blown coverage helps them at, at one point in time. That's not something you want to count on with this Oregon State secondary, though. Um, but I I to get very specific, Brandon, I I think Oregon State will you know let's say their their defense is on the field first for florida's first drive i bet you on script they can make a couple plays move the ball a little bit they stall out for a field goal and then everything else after that feels really really hard yeah that's that's exactly how i would see it that's the only reason i say you know 10 points something like that first yeah. drive. they're not they're not going to get else. they're not going to get shut out but i mean i think it'll be really i think it's just really tough yeah, I mean, they better not get shut out because I'll tell you what, I, I know <laughs> it's his first year, but right now Florida's still got the longest streak of scoring a point in a game uh, in college football history. Like they have that record. They're keeping it going, hopefully, but I'm expecting jet sweeps, reverses. I'm expecting something where Billy Napier's just like, please, God, let us score somewhere, somehow. Uh, but I know that Saturday is going to be one of the least fun games that I've covered since covering, since I started covering the Gators, uh, super not looking forward to it, but I, Hey, it's Florida football. So I'm, I'm going to be at least a little bit happy 
somewhere along there. Thank you so much, Spencer. This was Locked On Crossover Action. Brandon Olson, Locked On Gators. Spencer McLaughlin, Locked On Ducks and Locked On Pac-12. And I am going to be very sad Saturday. If you are a Gator fan and you're going to be very sad, or if you're a Beaver fan and you're going to be very happy, Locked On Gators is going live, unfortunately, after the game.